Words from the Hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Well, I really felt bad that I was bringing the music to the close. I was like, <laughs> why would you do that? Um, okay, well. Um, so, God is faithful, and um, he gave me a word. Actually, he said, do this verse with them. So, we'll do this verse. Um, if you have uh, your Bibles handy, because I will jump back and forth. I, um, if you ever knew those kids in school who could never sit still, um, when I was in school as a kid, I could never sit still, always getting into trouble. But, you know. So, n- now I don't have to sit still. So, that's good. Um, we are in Exodus chapter 20, and it's verse 18. If we can get that up, but if you could also get your Bibles going on your phones or whatever it might be. And we are thinking about this word trumpets. And we're wondering, well, we're wondering many things, but um, I'll start off, oh, I don't know if you were warned. Ooh, I ask a lot of questions when I teach, and um, I'm teaching, so I'm about to ask a lot of questions. And what happens tonight hinges on all y'all. So um, I hope you will please feel free to join the conversation, your thoughts, and um, don't worry about being wrong. Uh, Just go for the glory and we'll see what happens. Okay, so Exodus 20 verse 18. Let's see what we got. Uh, Now all the people witnessed uh, the thunderings, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet. Do you happen to have The New King James translation, maybe. Can we get that one up here? Uh, Whatever that translation is, it isn't New King James. Is that possible? Yeah, great. Okay. Well, maybe I'll just read New King James, or is it? Ah, brilliant. There it is. Now, you'll notice something just changed in the translation, and what changed actually matters inordinately. And all the people saw. Everybody see that? The other translation said witnessed. Mm, Now, witnessed is close. It's not that it's wrong, but the translators are wrestling with the problem. And I'm going to dive right into the problem the translators are wrestling with. So what I'm going to do is read the Hebrew and then translate literally, and then you will get what the problem is that everybody's wrestling with on this verse. So, what the Hebrew says is, the whole ha'am and all the people, ro'im, saw, present tense, saw, et ha'kolot. Kolot literally means voices. Thunder is very different from voices. All the people saw the voices. And then it says, et lapidim. Now, lapidim's a huge problem and also a huge solution. I'll just translate it as torches. Um, how have they got it here? They, they actually leave it out. Interesting. Okay. All right. So, et lapidim, the torches, the et kol hashofar. And the kol hashofar, the voice of the trumpet. Okay, so we've been hearing about trumpets all evening. And the voice of the trumpet, 
and the mountain smoking, and when the people saw it, again that verb to see, they removed and stood far off. Now, we know in the next verse that we're going to be told that the people were afraid. But there's a reason they're afraid. And when we get to what's actually happening in this verse, it'll all make sense why they're afraid. So I'm just going to read it through again fast, without the Hebrew. And all the people saw the voices and the torches and the voice of the shofar. Now, gang, you should have a problem with that. What's the problem with seeing, seeing the voices and torches and the voice of the shofar? What's the problem? A louder? You don't see voices. Right? You don't see voices, right? Now you know what the translators are wrestling with. If I say all the people witnessed, you could read that and hear heard. But if you say see, then you got to... Okay. All the people saw the voices and the torches and the voice of the trumpets. Now, somebody, somebody's just said, you don't see voices. Au contraire, mes amis. <laughs> when do you see voices? In your dreams, good, but don't stop. When do you see voices? Okay, well, let's just remind ourselves, where are we? Pardon? At the mountain. I'm sure glad you're here tonight. Um, okay, at the mountain, meaning they are at what? What mountain are we at? The mountain of Sinai, the mountain of... Ah! What does it mean to be at the mountain of God? What happens when you're there? Pardon? Somebody was saying something. Unbelievable things, incredible things, exactly right. Don't stop. Okay, pardon? You get to hear him speak. That's easy. You get to see him speak. Ah, that you get to see a voice. Gang, you should have a question for me, at least one, maybe more. Who's got a question for me? You look like you have a question for me. How can you see a voice? Exactly right. And you had a question for me. Same question. Okay. So, when you see something like this and you go, oh, wait. It's, it does say, even if you just look at that translation and don't get all in the details of what I'm doing. All the people saw the noise of the trumpet. Now, 
Gang, I want to suggest you've all read that verse probably many times. And probably some of you are using King James. Did you notice that? No. Yes. No. Okay. So, gang, why don't we notice these things in Scripture, even though they're just right there? Why don't we notice? Uh, we're not paying attention? Ah, uh, we interpret them and base them on our own experience. Who are you? <laughs> so, okay, let's go. We're going to look at the first time this happens in Scripture. Can we get Genesis chapter 3, verse 8 up real fast? Won't matter the translation, so don't worry about that part. Genesis 3.8. Oh, you're fast. Bravo. Thank you. Um, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking. But that word sound, you already know, is what word? Voice. Because that's the exact same word that was in Exodus 20. They heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden. How can a voice walk? In other words, but where are we? In the garden. And what are we? Adam and Eve. And what are we at this moment in Genesis 3.8? Yeah, the first creation, ergo, were not what? Oh, y'all know this. What? Ah, they haven't fallen yet. Right? We're in the garden. Ooh, incidentally. And they're not fallen yet. And we're in Eden. Have you learned what the word Eden means? Pastor Moses. Eden. Anybody know what Eden means? Nobody? It means delight. If you were alive 3,000 years ago and you were hearing this passage, you wouldn't hear in your ear a meaningless word. What you would hear in your ear, a garden of delight. So you're in a garden of delight with the Lord and you haven't fallen. And in the garden of delight with the Lord and you haven't fallen, what you can do, and this is just one little example, you can do a lot. You can hear the voice of the Lord God walking. Okay. What does it mean to be with the one and living God who is eternal and to be not fallen? You ever ask yourself that question? Well, let's ask. What does it mean to be with the one and living God in the garden of delight and not be fallen. What? An extension of who he is. I think the wrong person is teaching the class. Whoever you are, you should be. Um, wow. An extension of who he is. <clears throat> Gang, you've actually all done this, but perhaps you haven't quite computed it. So here, let's try it this way. 
Maybe you smelled a smell of, with me, it's a certain type of bread baking. And when I smell that smell of a certain type of bread baking, I'm suddenly eight years old. And I'm in my mother's house. She passed away in 1981, so a long time ago. And, but suddenly I'm in my mother's house. And this smile just comes over my whole body because I think of her. I think of the smell of that bread. And I can actually see the color of the light in the room, in the kitchen, where she's baking. And suddenly all the feelings that I had as an eight-year-old Alan... It's all right there. It was just a smell. But what happened? It triggered memories and, uh, pardon? Emotions and, what? visuals. Suddenly, it's the color, and I'm standing, and it's 2021, or 2020, whenever it is, but it's, no, I'm eight years old. But I want to say you've all had that experience. What are we talking about? What does it mean to truly be with the Lord? Ah, oh, you're in eternity. Time doesn't exist. You're transported. Good, don't stop. You were going to say something. Oh, you have memories of experiences you haven't experienced. Gang, we, we do a very interesting game. I'm going to call being with the Lord something like this. The desiloization of our senses. If you think of a silo, like a grain silo, a desiloization of our senses. Being with the Lord, it's not just, oh, I hear you, God. It's not just, I touch you, God. It's not just, I see you, God. It's all of us. And I'm not just going, God's talking to me, and I heard it. Well, that was very nice. No. What the Lord is asking of us, and we were singing about it tonight, what does it mean to be a living sacrifice? Well, actually, I want to suggest it means bringing all of us. And gang, (laughs) if you have a, a child a spouse, a best friend. Your, your spouse, your, believe me, with your child, you know exactly what they're thinking. They don't even have to say it, right? But what are you responding to? Well, I want to say you're responding to their whole presence. Just as, look, true confessions. If I'm not in a good place, guess what my wife does? Pardon? 
<laughs> she tries to make a break for it. Is that what you said? <laughs> break the bread. Very good. So, gang, what I'm trying to get at is, you know when somebody's not happy when you're close to them, and you don't need to be told. And what are you? And sometimes, it's you can see it, but most of the time, even if you didn't see it, you'd feel it. And and if you didn't feel it, sometimes there are certain people I know you can literally smell it. Sometimes you, they're afraid, and you can smell the fear coming off them. Gang, we all do this. But when you're in the presence of the Lord, you're with all of him, and he's with all of you. Stop me if that isn't making sense. Okay, so I'm assuming that does make sense. Let's go. So we're now in Exodus chapter 20. We're at verse 18. We're at the moment of receiving, for the very first time, God's word at Sinai. And we are in the moment of, therefore, what? If we're receiving God's words at Sinai, what are we in the, what are we in the presence of? Pardon? God, good, more. Revelation. What is revelation? What? It's an expose, you said, of something good. It's something what? If you're really at revelation, what are you receiving? Knowledge of what? Of God? Louder? Thank you. We are in community together, standing at the bottom of the mountain, receiving as a community things we have never heard before. And learning that, in fact, if we want to be in relationship with God, all these things that we've never heard of before, besides up to this moment, these are what matter. What's it like to be in presence of the unknown God, and suddenly you know just a little bit? Yeah. That looked like a thought. What's it like to be in that presence? Special. Overwhelming. Yes, overwhelming. Now you know. And it's fascinatingly enough described two ways. And we began to look at that a little bit tonight in some of the things that were said. Can we get Exodus 24, verse 17 and 18 up? Exodus 24, 17 and 18. Yeah, now we got 17. Let's get 18 too. Uh, let's get both of them, sorry. Okay, so we'll, we'll start with 17. And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. Now, let's just remember, we're at Sinai, but where are we also? Pardon? God's presence, good. Where are we also? Hmm? 
Okay, the base of the mountain. Excellent. So we're at Sinai. We're at the base of the mountain. The children of Israel are at the base of the mountain, but we're also somewhere else that we've already been. Uh, a valiant effort and actually really important, but I can't get there yet. There's some place we've already been. You all know this. Why? Probably. We're in the wilderness. Ooh. Oh, and now I got to teach that, but I can't do that right now. But just to remind you, real fast, although that's a really important word. Have you guys studied wilderness? No. Oh, okay. Okay. Just to remind you, real quick, then I got to go teach wilderness, but then I got to do this. Gang, we're also at Horeb. When Moses is at the burning bush, you'll remember the mountain of God is named Horeb. God says to him, Exodus chapter 3, verse 8, when you bring the Israelites out of Egypt, bring them back to this mountain. Everybody remember that now? Ah, so when you are back, fascinatingly enough, the name of the mountain has changed. But we know from studying scripture that the names of people change. Now we learn names of places can change. Ah, but you actually knew that before. In Genesis 28, it starts off that they're in Luz, Jacob, the place where he's going to have the dream. But he names it Bethel. Oh, the names of places change. Now, it's a really important conversation. I can't do it right now because, okay. Okay. So the pastor said we're in the wilderness. Real quick. The word for wilderness is the word midbar. Midbar means, from the root diber, means to speak. The word for wilderness in biblical Hebrew is literally the word to speak. Why? Why? You what? Yeah? Ah, uh, it's a quiet place where you can hear the voice of the Lord God speaking. And if you think about it, all through scripture, everybody goes to the wilderness to hear God speaking. Here's a fun one. Okay, so, the wilderness is the place you go to hear God speaking because it's a quiet place. First person in the Bible to go to the wilderness to hear God speaking is? Anybody who gets this gets 5,000 Bible points. <laughs> the first person to go to the wilderness in Scripture to hear God speaking is? Not Moses, not Esau. Not Abraham. Not Elijah. Okay, you're all making a similar mistake. You're assuming that it must be a male. Not Eve, a valiant. What? Hagar! 5,000 points right there. I said to her, you did it. You did it. You did it. You doubted that you do it, but indeed you did. Okay, gang. Right there. Hagar, gang, you should have a question for me. Why is it that the first person who goes out into the wilderness to hear God speaking is not a male, is not one of the patriarchs, is not one of the founders of the faith, but is a female slave from Egypt? 
who, and why is that the first one in scripture, to go out into the wilderness and hear God speaking? Don't know. Well, let's go. That's why we're here, right? Anybody got a thought? Oh, come on. No guts, no glory. Yeah, right. No pain, no gain. I don't know. Maybe it just shows anyone can go out into the wilderness. If you will go out into the wilderness, really out into the wilderness, you can hear God speaking. God is not, God's hand is not too short. The great question is, will you go out? Not whether God will speak to you. Remember, if you really, I know you do, but I'll just repeat it real fast. It's Genesis 16. She's a woman. It's 3,600 years ago. She's pregnant and she's alone. And she's going out into the wilderness. That is literally what? Suicide. It's a death sentence. 3,600 years ago. But she's going out. And the angel of the Lord comes to her and says, where have you come from, Hagar, and where are you going? So, where have you come from, where are you going? And she says, I am fleeing my mistress Sarai, for she is oppressing me. What has she answered? What has Hagar answered? Yeah, the angel of the Lord says to Hagar, where have you come from and where are you going? Hagar says to the angel, I am fleeing my mistress Sarai, for she is oppressing me. And what has she answered? She's answered what? Where she's, where she has come from. You'll notice she doesn't answer where she is going. Ah, that's when you know you're in the wilderness. When you know you don't know where you're going. So you see, look, it's real life. You all got jobs. You're going to get up tomorrow morning and you're going to go to them. Whether you after this, I don't know how you would do that, but especially the worship part. I mean, oh my goodness, that was like the best. Um, incidentally, worship team, whoever you are, you're amazing. All of you, really. And, but we all know where we're going. And incidentally, you know where you're going on Tuesday morning and you know where you're going Tuesday night and that's not the wilderness. And incidentally, I've been very blessed over the decades to lead hiking study trips uh, to the deserts in Israel or the deserts in Arizona, other places. But guess what? We always have every single second. Yeah, a plan, where we're going to have lunch, where we're going to have dinner that night, all the maps, you know. So you can, just because you're in the desert... Ah, pastor. In case you didn't hear him, as we would say in Boston, really smart. Okay, um, just because you are in the desert doesn't mean you're in the wilderness. So now don't everybody say, hey, well, Rabbi Allen said, um, you know, if I just go out into the desert, God's going to talk to me. No, that's not quite what he said, honest. What he said is what I meant. When you know you don't know where you're going. Ah, we're at Revelation at Sinai. These folks don't know where they're going. Of course they can get the new news because they don't know where they're going. And 
they are experiencing it all with their whole being. Meaning they're not just, oh, I see you, but I don't know anything about what you're feeling or I don't hear you. Or, but actually, it's not what you do, honest. It's not what any of you do. When you love somebody, really love somebody, you, you want to be with all of them. You want to know those things. And actually, I would say for the most part, you do know those things. But we act like, it's so fascinating when you actually stop and think about it, we act like we don't know those things. We put our senses in silos. Now I'm tasting. Now I'm smelling. Now I'm feeling... Everybody got it? But that's not really what's happening with any of us. And I want to suggest that's a piece of what we love about what the worship team was doing. When, when y'all were doing the music the way you were doing it, you allowed us to do what? Yeah, escape this and experience more of this. And so, of course, we're like incredibly grateful. But then the moment you stop, we tend to go back to... Yeah. But here's the offer of the Lord. The offer of the Lord is that we can live in his presence. And the pastor was talking about that. We can learn to follow what? The cloud. Now, why do you think, or maybe I should say, why do you feel, the Lord appears in all possibilities. I mean, the Lord can do it any way he wants. He's Lord. Why does he choose a cloud? Now, can we get Exodus 24, verse 18 up real fast? Remember, the Israelites at the bottom of the mountain, what they saw was a consuming fire. Everybody remember that? Okay, so at the bottom of the mountain, they saw a consuming fire. But you'll recall I reminded you that they were at Horeb. What did Moses see at Horeb? That was not consumed. And guess what? In Exodus chapter 3, when he sees the burning bush not consumed, it's the exact, that word consumed, not consumed, is the exact same word as consumed in Exodus 24, verse 17. So, when Moses is at the bottom of the mountain, he sees bush burning, not consumed. They're at the bottom of the mountain. They see consuming fire. But Moses, in Exodus 24, verse 18, is, as soon as we get that up there, there it is. He's in a, a cloud. Oh, just what we were talking about before. But why a cloud? What? He's in a cloud, and it's doing what, did you say? But he, what does he experience? Cloud. Who sees it as a fire? The people at the bottom of the mountain. 
he experiences it a cloud, they experience it fire. What are we being told? What? Multiverse? No. <laughs> Multi-dimensions. What you see depends on what? Ah, uh, where you are. And I don't just mean the bottom of the mountain, the top of the mountain. I mean where. Ah, uh, where are you? I see the Lord and I see consuming fire, meaning God's going to do what? Yeah, God's going to kill me. <laughs> right? What does it mean to see cloud? What? Rain is coming. But what does it mean to be in the cloud? Okay, shielded. Very good. But if you're really shielded, what can't you do in a cloud? What can't you do in a cloud? Ah, you can't move. Why? Because you can't see. When you follow the cloud, you're following what? Uh, louder? The Holy Spirit. You're following the cloud. You're not following whom? Yeah. Yeah. In other words, I've been walking all up and down here, and guess who's been watching where he's going? Yes. That's not what we're talking about. Got it? If you're really following the cloud, you're following the Lord, which means you probably don't know where you're going. Because if you know where you're going, then you're following. Yeah, don't follow me. Believe me. <laughs> so, gang, what does it mean to say he sees cloud? Well, it means he's ready to surrender to the Lord and follow the Lord, right? He's not trying to figure it out for himself. Look, if I had, if you had, well, I would say a dollar. What's that in a Naira? Pardon? Okay, if I had 700 Naira <laughs> for every single time I've heard somebody say in the last, well, I've been teaching 40 years now. Anyway, so if I had a Naira for every single time I heard somebody say, I'm trying to understand this, I'm trying to wrap my mind around it, I'd have a lot of Naira, so would you. Gang, it's not about me with this vessel of clay, very limited, trying to wrap my mind around what God's up to. The challenge is, will I go into the cloud and let him wrap around me? Everybody got it? What? You see, we use these words like surrender. But I've, to be very, 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 very honest with you, I've met maybe five people who have surrendered. Most of us are doing what? Yeah, I was going to say trying to be in control, but you put in whatever words you want. The cloud, the presence of God, 
if we will surrender and let him wrap around us, then when his trumpets sound, we will follow. We will just follow. And funnily enough, <laughs> it's so paradoxical, we will be in the light even though we can't see. Yeah, it's so, it's cre completely crazy. Oh, I'm in the light. I can see. I can really now get control over my life. Everybody got it? No. I'm in the light. I'm in the cloud. I can't see nothing. And now I've really got control over my life, actually. And Jesus teaches us this. He says, die to self. And really, I've been spending the whole... Oh, you guys are being patient with me. I've been spending pretty much all this time talking about what does he mean, really, when he says, die to self. Questions, comments, thoughts. I know I've just thrown a whole bunch of stuff at you real fast. This is... I would normally take two or three hours to do this, but I know it's late, and yeah. But questions, comments, thoughts? Yes. Well, it, it always helps to have the Hebrew. But in all fairness, the King James did say, and they saw. But the, but the challenge is... Um, we try to make it make sense, and we just go right by the fact that, that we saw, and in the King James, you recall, it said we saw the noise of the trumpets. But if we really stopped... Of course, okay. Let me just say it this way, real fast. Most of us, because of the way we're brought up, tend to read this way. We're trying to get to the end of whatever we're reading. I'm asking you to think about learning to read this way. Go deep rather than go across the surface. In other words, I'm asking you to think about, instead of thinking, oh, I'm going to read and I'm going to get to the end of this chapter, or maybe I'm going to take on the project of reading the whole Bible in a year. Incidentally, I'm not against that. Please don't misinterpret me, because I think it's really good to do. But I th what I want to suggest is there's another way of reading altogether where we dig deep because it's the word of the living God. It's very deep. And you're meant to have it. That's why he gave it to us. But it is work. And you've got to notice the hints. Well, it's not a hint. It simply literally says, and they saw the noise of the trumpets. I'll take that as a hint. <laughs> um, any other questions, comments, thoughts? Well, thank you all so very much. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. 
Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.